Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. And I married Don, and it's Mary Ranky. Mary Ranky. Yeah, I just had six letters to my whole name when I was growing up. Oh, how wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Italian. So I'm going to start the interview, and I started by introducing ourselves. So okay. I'm Rachel Woody, and I'm here with Mary Ranky, mm-hmm. and it's June 17th? June Today? 17th. 17th, yeah. It is 17. So when we sat down, you were telling me about the two gentlemen that started Honeywood. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start there? Yeah, there was one was Ron Honeyman. He owned the Honeywood, Honeyman Hardware. And then John Wood was in the, uh, the other part of the business. So they coined the two together. So, and uh, had a, people bought stock in the company. So there were a lot of people in the local area that had stock on it. So, but um, it was completely different in those days, and and we had we used redwood tanks, but now they're all stainless steel. See, but the redwood tanks we made better fruit and berry wines because they have a chance to breathe. Because they always called me the Dutch cleanser girl. Because every time I went by a tank, it would drip. You know. And I'd get the a mop and uh, <laughs> pick up the stuff on the floor, and they'd move the mop a, a bucket around for me. So they nicknamed me the Dutch cleanser girl. <laughs> so you, everything was done according to oil. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a great experience, and uh, I did a, a lot of uh, dealt with a lot of wholesalers like Fred Myers, you know, people like that. So. And, but I, things, I, 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 when I got out of it, it's because I saw other things I like to do. I started, um, just, uh, well, I had a, um, I started a w- doing weddings because I like to create things, you know, hearts. I have my basement full of beautiful satin hearts that are out of styrofoam, you know, humongous, so in different colors, so I could use them for different weddings and things. Wonderful. So, yes, your home is beautiful. I was noticing all of the flower arrangements. Yeah, I love flowers. Yeah, they, I tell you, that's my favorite, is to be out in the yard, mm-hmm. but um, if I fall, then I'm in deep trouble. Right. <laughs> So I try and they, they try to follow me around, <laughs> don't they? Don't you dare go outside. You know you're not supposed to because if you fall down. I did fall down here a few uh, days ago and I fell on my head. Oh, and no. uh, so I ended up in, in the um, uh, emergency. With the, so I had a great big thing on my head. Oh goodness, well yeah. I'm really glad you're okay. Yeah, and I that you my, have people here who love you. Oh boy, I'll tell yeah. you, it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I had a 
big gash here. And everybody is trying to help me, but the more hands that get involved, it's harder to mm -hmm. cope with. So, mm -hmm. but I'm Well, Mary, I'd like to, to take you way back, if you'll follow me. I think you got started at Honeywood, was it 1943? Is that when you were the secretary? Boy, let's see, I was born in 21. See, I was trying to think. Um, when I went to the winery, I was is was Del Monte Cannery next door to us uh, down on on Fourteenth um, Street, and so we had all the facilities there, and the trucks would bring the fruit in and all that stuff. Uh, but um, it was more like a, a challenge because. Uh, I didn't know whether I could do it or not. So when Mr. Wood died, then they asked the guy that was a winemaker to step in, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, George Todd, who was a secretary treasurer of the company. And but he um, found that he'd rather work with the the makings of it mm -hmm. than with the publicity and that type of. You know, some people are more. Uh, inclined to deal with the public, and we didn't have wine tasting rooms there either. Mm -hmm. But I did get the uh, the wine tasting room put in with the early Americans in the pictures, and then I um, also uh, then we moved again. We had to move because of that 14th Street. They moved it over to Hood. So, mm. but it, 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 there's so much information that I've probably pushing it a little too hard on one end. So, but um, I've done a lot of things since then too. The history that I've heard, we've heard some great stories about you. And one of the things I think that we really love is that you are a woman in the wine industry at such an early time. And Honeywood is the oldest commercially operated winery yeah. in Oregon. Um, so I'd love to hear any stories you have from, from what it was like to, to be a woman in that position back then. Well, I, I was pretty well respected because I was small, but I was feisty. And so I, it didn't take me long to learn everything there was in there with Mr. Wood because he was do this this way and no other way, you know. Mm. So. So I did a lot of the basics from Mr. Wood. So, and uh, he was very protective of me there. So in fact, he got so protective that he would make me take uh, letters after working hours. You know, he says, I've got to dictate another letter. And I always thought he had all day to do that. What did he think? <laughs> <laughs> My husband was upset. <laughs> but that's okay. Those are all things you can laugh about. Uh, so, but I, I've learned a lot of, since then. Was it daunting at all? Huh? Was it daunting, or were you nervous about taking on the winery? No. No? No. The garbage man was my best friend. He emptied the sub bin, and he'd always, in fact, Bill Slit was 
the owner of the sanitary service, and he said, you know, that Al doesn't get, seem to get things done very much. He didn't know the girl was uh, right in the front seat with him, his girlfriend. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I didn't say a word, but he, he checked up and found it. <laughs> he saw him come in mm -hmm. <laughs> with the truck and the woman in the front seat. So, so I didn't tell him. <laughs> Silence was golden. <laughs> right. There's so many things that happen. We, uh, I couldn't even begin to tell you the things that have happened in my lifetime. But it's been a busy life. Mm -hmm. From what I've heard is you were very involved in not just the, the winemaking process, but also the marketing. Yeah. And marketing at that time, it seemed what you were doing was pretty innovative. Yeah, yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah, trying to sell a product, mm -hmm. trying to get the government to move with you, it is hard. Mm -hmm. But um, it all worked out, and like we say, uh, we got this, a lot of publicity because we were the only commercial winery in the state. They had a lot of little farmers' wineries, but they, you know, they weren't w worth a hoot because they didn't follow the rules. You know? mm. And the government doesn't waste money on people that don't, aren't affected by it, so. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I've had a lot of experience, but I kind of hate to elaborate, because when you get old, you don't remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true no matter what age. Sen senility yeah. steps in. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of what else I could talk about. Well, Mary, what about when Don came down there and helped you? What about when Don came and helped you at the winery? What about that? What'd she say? When Don came to help you at the winery? Yeah. Uh, what Was there a story about that? Well, he just, she, she told me, I don't remember exactly, but she did, he did come down and help. Maybe you could tell her about when Don helped you with the winery. You know, he'd come down there and didn't he test it or? What kinds of uh, jobs did Don do when he came Don, out to the winery? Well, Don was uh, uh, with the fire department, and so he had time off. You know, they worked so many hours, and they're off so many hours. So he'd uh, come down to the winery and run lab tests and determine how much alcohol and the temperature of the wines, because most of those tanks ran about 6,500 gallons. and. Um, so it kept somebody busy, and they, that means somebody had to work Saturdays and Sundays too. So, mm -hmm. and they all became good at. And my husband liked to be in the lab; made him feel important. Mm -hmm. So, but um, it's it's just quite a affair. But you know, we didn't take it that seriously because it was kind of like a plaything. But um, we soon learned it's more than a plaything when you have to get make all those. Uh, individual things. And then when we got the wine tasting room, then we wanted to be able to sell it out of the tasting room too. So, mm -hmm. And that was all done early American. So, And, and, um, and a gift shop. We sold gifts, items, glassware, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So we, we were on the, but you know, California has so many wineries, that's not, you know, anything out of the ordinary, but for us it was, and there, 
It was a Ma Bender had one in Hood River. It was one of those kind of little, uh, was, I wouldn't call it a winery, but it was kind of unusual. And then there was one in Roseburg too. Yeah. And it was, uh, but they were just minute, so, but. Why do you think that there were so few wineries for Oregon? Well, it wasn't. The Liquor Control Commission ran the thing. Everything you did had to be approved. And we, we, a sample of every a lot of wine has, had to be taken to Corvallis. And they ran lab tests on it wow. before we bottled it. And they gave you a certified notice on it, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it co covered quite a few people. And, um, and then they started being a few here. There's a lot of wineries in Oregon now. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry has one now, so. But, um, and they're doing real good with it, so. They're, they're very, we're very proud of them. But the wines are, that you're buying in the other places are not fruit and berries, they're the regular wines, you know, the Cabernets mm -hmm. and Chardonnays, stuff like that. And so they, they have to appeal to a different type of, of consumer. So now it's wide open, so. so. And I drink wine all, all the time. My favorite is Pinot Gris. Mm. That it's, is a good one. But I get the one that has uh, muscat, isn't it? Isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, you do. That is my, the, my favorite. Yeah. And I, I try to get it in the restaurant, but they don't like to put it in the restaurant because it only sells t to the public for $5, the bottle. And I've been trying to get that store in the corner mm -hmm. to carry it. Uh, but they said, well, they wouldn't. I said, well, one day I'm going to bring a bottle and you try it. I said, because you, if you want to charge more for it, you can, but you'll find people will drink more of it, you know, and the women like it that mm -hmm. way. So we're working on it, but we're not sure how far we can get. So, but I, is there anything else that I... You could tell her about the kosher, remember? The rabbi and the kosher? Oh, kosher? The rabbi and the kosher? Oh, yeah, we, we had Rabbi Yona Geller, a Jewish rabbi. And he came uh, to the winery, and they do the blessing, you know, over the bottling line before we bottle and everything. And Rabbi Yona Geller was a real nice person. But he always come t came to work, and he parked his car right where I parked mine, and he found a, a can of spray paint and he started spraying that that car of his, and you know with the spray paint all over the place, and I just wanted to shoot him. <laughs> and that was not a good idea. <laughs> but I always remember the faces he made because he wanted to wanted to get first treat first hand treatment, but he always made a funny face, <laughs> and he was Jewish. Yeah. So, and that, that's, that's where you got Manichevitz, and we had, uh, let's see, what do we have? Our kosher wine was Mizpah. Doesn't sound very good, does it? I don't even know where it came from, the name. 
Yeah, but that's mm. what he he blessed the whites. So, but um, anyhow, I can't think of any. How did you get your How did you get your gifts gift shop started in there, Mary? Was that did you put the gift shop in there, or was it already there when you? I didn't hear. How did you get the gift shop started? Well, it wasn't too hard to do because I loved the loved gifts. And uh, I used to order glass from Germany, you know, because you could get really pretty things. And then we displayed them there. And the room was all done in early American with the big uh, rugs, you know, with the, uh, the, the early American weave. And then we had uh, the bottoms of tanks, those redwood tanks. They're round, and we'd take the bottoms and then pin them, uh, nail them on the wall, mm -hmm. then put shelves, and then put uh, glassware and things that people could buy when they came to the tasting room. So, mm -hmm. And those things are all things that came eventually. They're not as quite as, uh, like in California, it's, you know, it's a, a big thing, very casual-like, so. But we did a lot of that, too, so. And that, I just, um, I what were some of your favorite things to do at the winery? What did you really enjoy about it? Well, I, I love to give the, the um, tours mm. because I knew everything about the tours. And I made them funny, you know, like the, the, they called me the Dutch cleanser girl because I was at a mop sitting alongside those those tanks are beautiful and very pretty wood. Now, of course, they don't have them. But those were the things that really made it uh, popular. Mm -hmm. And, and you, we could have, uh, you know, open house. People can come in and, and, and buy things. And those, some of that glassware was like German. In fact, I still have some heavy goblets. Mm -hmm. yeah, the, they don't use that big a go goblet so much. It's one about like this with a long stem. You know, they don't take a whopping glass on it. And it works out lots better, so. But I, I, I just enjoy doing the business. And I, I, I felt like I'd accomplished something, so. Mm -hmm. And there's a girl here in t town <coughs> that she, um, her name is Tay. And she took these tours on wines because she lives in live, living in the Newburgh area where they have a lot of wine, and she um, learned all this stuff. So it made it real appealing for her. Mm -hmm. So she'd take these trips, and they always uh, quoted people that were from bigger places, you know. And so finally, I called uh, our representative and I said. You know, ours are just as important, and you can surely give her the credit. And they called her Tay, and let her be known for what she's doing, because she's going even beyond it and going to school and classes. And so, um, so we got that going, and uh, Jackie Winters helped us with that. So, but you know, they put so much emphasis on the little ones, then the big ones get all the credit, too. Mm. But it, it did work out really good, so 
So now they got, she, she's all over working. Her name is Taylor. So, but, trying to think what else I could say. Earlier, you were telling me about the wine bottles. They're very unique. Could you tell me more about the, the wine bottle shape and did you choose those wine bottles? The wine bottle? Mm -hmm. The unique the shape. berry? Yes. Well, yes we did because we've got it from, a, from Ocean, Aaron Ocean's glass company. He has a warehouse company and he ordered those. And you know, basically, they they were they're nice because when you put them in the refrigerator, they're square, mm -hmm. and then they don't take as much room, waste space. So, um, but um, that's the reason why we put emphasis on that one too. So, but um, it's come along, and they've done a lot of things with it. So. And the liquor control board, uh, see, they, they still don't, they, you had to go by their ways. The rules were made, and this is the way you do it. And we took a test to um, Corvallis to run them at the university. Mm -hmm. So, but so many years ago. I think you were telling me a story earlier. Was it the FBI who had to have a, a room at Honeywood? Somebody was there because I think it was the brandy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the brandy, yeah, that's uh, it's pretty high proof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you never got the store. They call him a storekeeper gauger, and he's on the premises all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, the, the pot still was on three floors. And I had to run up those dang things and, and the ladders, you know. And boy, if I did it now, I'd probably be a crushed mess. <laughs> but we had to go up and down those things all the time because they got to be at their fingertips when they check everything. Mm -hmm. so, and that, uh, that brandy, I had a bottle sampled that we had in the lab, and it was about 180-some proof. And and you know, as it aged, so the guys tasted it. Boy, made Christians out of them in a hurry. They said that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, that's pretty harsh. harsh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we kept it in the lab so nobody would get to it. Nobody ever broke into place anyhow. <laughs> so, but they have a nice place now. So. And they're doing a good job. There were three businessmen that bought it, but they, one that had a, a factory that uh, blew up, that, and so he had to drop out. So they had to get one other man. So they got a, a banker from, and um, so that helped to kind of shelter the business. So, are those the guys that took over? From you? Pardon? Are those the gentlemen that took over from you? Yeah, the people took it over, and they have a, a winery on Hood Street. It's mm -hmm. still the same people, his whole family. And they have a beautiful gift shop, really do. They have a lot, of, even purses, you know, to carry 
I don't know why you want to carry a bottle of wine in your purse, but uh, it shows these big purses where if you're shopping, you, you put them in the big purses. But no, they, um, they, they did a good job with it. And he's still there. He, he, he uh, Paul Gallic is his name. Mm -hmm. And he still goes down there, but the, the people run it is the family. Yeah, so I go over there every once in a while. They got cheeses and everything, real nice. Mm -hmm. If you ever get it, it's on, uh, on uh, let's see, I think it's, yeah, it's on Hood Street. So you can go in there and look at it. Makes people happy. Yeah, so. We are actually going to stop by this afternoon after the interview and uh, see. Uh, did you? You are? We will, yes. Well, okay, you'll like it in there. That's a nice place. But you'd be amazed at what they got. They just got all kinds of stuff. And we had messy, when, when you have metal steel, of course, they say that the making wine in, in uh, barrels gives it a chance to breathe more. And I don't know that it's been proven or not. Because you put them in stainless steel, it's a little different, but it's not as messy and all that. So it's, um, they're still doing a, a lot of, good things with it. But he's not running the business, the family is now, so they, they, he just comes down to check up and see what they're doing. <laughs> so, it's very nice. Do I forget anything? Well, what about the, how'd you come up with all the different flavors that you, you got going on with your wine? Did, how'd you, did you think of those, or did you get ideas from other people? Or? How did you come up with all the flavors? The flavors? Yes. Did you well, think of those? Well, yeah, the, but it was a surplus of that, those kind of fruits. Like we had, currant was a big seller in, uh, in um, Michigan. They liked that. And we, we sold wine to many states, that monopoly states, that we sell directly to the liquor control board. Mm. It goes in tank and in railroad cars. So a lot of those went out to those places. And then um, the canneries um, over in West Salem, they, um, Oregon Fruit Products, they would ship and they, they have an extra room to have that car stop en route, you know, so we could get the benefit of a better rate on it. So everybody kind of worked together to help people. And I think it's only because it was a woman, because they, they bent over a little more for us and they would the men and, and of course men they're, they're good too at it but it's just that they they'd rather be in the, the working part of it so mm -hmm. but yeah it's really something that, that bottle I don't think I've got any downstairs either and we also imported some wines for people that liked like my attorney, my CPA, you know, and uh, so whenever Meals on Wheels has a, a benefit to raise money, we usually get some kind of good wine that people will bid, you know, silent auction. Mm -hmm. So you can, the more money you get, the better off you are. So you learn all the kind of tricks of the trade and you go there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know whether I do them again or not, but they, they, they did work, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I'm a mob bender, 
steal something. But it, it's a great experience, and, and they're all successful. And you know, Oregon uh, still has the liquor control stores. They're trying to get the liquor into the grocery stores, mm -hmm. like they do in other places. Mm -hmm. But um, they haven't quite done it yet. But it would be nice if they would, because they c could compete. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm told that you did lobbying for against the Liquor Control Commission. Oh yeah. Well, I t yeah, I got I got a ticket one time going to one of them, uh, going to Portland to the Liquor Control Board, but I uh, because it's, you had to get up and speak. In fact, I t t I went to some of the people with the Capitol building to and talk to them, you know, that, uh, that, that if they want the industry to grow, they're going to have to push for encouragement. Mm -hmm. And they did do that, too. So, but uh, they're still trying to get the, the hard stuff in the grocery stores. What were the things you were lobbying for? What did you? Well, you, the lobbyists, you have to kind of, well, you sort of, I always say, pad their hands. You, you do favors for them, and they help you too. But I think a lot of time, because I was a woman, I got more attention that way, you know, so. Um, but now it's a different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I grew up on homemade wine, so. My dad made it, so I'm pretty familiar about that. I knew what what was good and what wasn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My dad said I he he knew everything there was to know. <laughs> yeah, they liked the wine. You could hear it in the basement. Whenever it it got a little bit cool now, but warm, and then they start you know kind of uh, fermenting. Mm -hmm. And then the corks would fly off of the <laughs> bottles, and you could hear them pop, pop mm -hmm. on the bottom. <laughs> Those are things we laugh about because they, they don't do that anymore. So mm -hmm. kind of you did whatever you could. But it's a new, new, new world. So but anyhow. So you grew up, and your dad was making wine. Is that why you went to work at Honeywood? Huh? Because your your dad made wine. Is that why you had an interest and started at Honeywood? Yeah. Well, the, you know, my dad made them. He made them in the basement of our house, and uh, he loved to. He'd get his boots on, mm -hmm. and you know, and mash the grapes. Yeah. Don't don't do things that way now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So they go through the crusher before, so. so. Well, can't think of anything else. Well, what about your boarding school? Was the boarding school before you, you went from home to your board to live in a boarding school? Do you remember that? I couldn't hear you, Cindy. Remember when you went from, when you left home and went to a boarding school, did the did you start the winery after that, Mary? 
Did you start the winery after you went to boarding school? After I went to? Boarding school. Boarding. Uh, did you go to boarding school? Well, well I went to a, a, no, I didn't. I stayed in a boarding school while I worked at the, where, um, uh, the, what's the name of that? It used to be Myron Franks. And it used to be uh, an office building for the school district, yeah. So, yeah, those were things that we did there. But uh, it's, uh, uh, I stayed in a boarding house on 12th Street. And there was a one that's a mailman. One was Jerry Kendall with a telephone company. And different ones, everyone. And, I was the only woman on it, and I was dousing around to go to work because I, they, they, I were, applied for the job and they didn't call me, so I called and told them, I said, are you going to hire me or aren't you? Mm -hmm. I guess you can come in, you know, very casually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought, such enthusiasm. <laughs> but no, they, um, there's a lot of things that you can do on the winery that they have done since then. So, but, um, I'm told you're quite a hostess. Huh? That you love entertaining and having oh. dinner parties. Oh, yes. I love to entertain, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> she drags me in. <laughs> oh. Well, you can see my table there. And I love yeah. to create things like that. I think you pulled that into the winery. Yeah. But you know, I, when I got this age and I've had so many problems physically mm -hmm. and maybe even mentally, but I, um, I find that, uh, that these things kind of keep you going, you know, gives you sort of an interest in it. And so I try to keep w around with it. And, keep it going, but there's so many things you can do. Uh, like I had wild pear because I can't cook very good with uh, arthritis. Mm -hmm. And so I, I call the wild pear downtown and uh, I order the food and they come out, they serve it and bring the food with them. I, I just get the table set, and they get it all done, and and the people are just happy when they clean up and take everything with them. Mm -hmm. No dishes around, and that is the most fun to entertain because they add so much. They have these young fellows with the white shirts and black slacks. You know, they make a real imp good impression, mm -hmm. and this is where you learn so much about the young younger generation. They really carry it out to the dot every I and cross every T. It really makes a big impression on people. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned is back between the 50s to the 70s, Americans didn't know how to enjoy wine. No. No, it doesn't. But they're now they're, they're doing it right and left. Mm -hmm. They have wine tastings in all these wineries now, you know, every day weekend particularly, and they'll, a weekend they'll, you'll advertise, and you'd be surprised how many people like to taste the wines. Mm -hmm. So, and the wineries, we have 
around here are really beautiful. They're you know up on the hills and mm -hmm. and uh, wine is pretty expensive, but it's they're really beautiful because most of the wineries sit up high, mm -hmm. the buildings, you know. So, but they have some beautiful ones. So, I guess, and it's going to get better. So. Mm -hmm. In researching your story, it sounds like you saved Honeywood. I do. It sounds like you saved Honeywood. Yeah. From the two who were running it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, I just, but I, I love to entertain anyhow. I used to entertain constantly. I have, and I have a basement all decorated for Christmas. For my research for Honeywood, mm -hmm. it very much sounds like you saved Honeywood, that you, when you took it over, you were able to keep Honeywood going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, we did, and we tried new things. You know, that's because I, I knew the fruit had to be better and be in good condition. You just can't throw garbage in that bin and inspect to get good wine out of it. So we we took precautionary measures to make sure mm -hmm. that every the tanks are scrubbed, mm -hmm. and you have to be real careful to go in a in a wine tank, redwood tank, because you get asphyxiated, you know. So you have to have somebody standing by all the time. There's lots of things you have to be aware of. But now they have the one they have on um, Hood Street. Now that's really nice there. They have everything you want, and the tanks are stainless steel, so they don't have all that mess. But it is a great place to shop, and they're real friendly. So, do you have any advice? Huh? Do you have any advice for people going into the winery business? Well, well, I would. I think it'd be hard to start wineries now, uh, but we were just learning. And I think the learning is gives you more interest in what you can perfect. And I, I think that uh, learning is a good thing. You need new methods and ways mm -hmm. and things to... But I, I think every bit you can do, and every time you go someplace now, they'll have a, a, at the party after, at the winery. So that kind of gives encouragement for people to try them too. Mm -hmm. They get free wine, well that'll be, make a good story. But there's so much, many things you can do. I wouldn't want to start a winery again, but <laughs> it'd be fun but for a first time, but I don't think I would. There's things, each year things progress differently. And, it's, and there's sudden changes, you know, like diamaceous earth and stuff to run the wine through the filters and stuff. So there's a lot of, lot of learning to be done. But it's all proved to do good for the, and you got a lot of wineries now. Mary, why did you start that newsletter? You had a newsletter for your winery. Do you remember why you started that? What'd she say? Why did you start the newsletter? Huh? Why did you start the newsletter? 
start, start the new letter. Oh, I, oh, they, if you look at the inside, it's got a, the, a letter from me in it. I think, I think it comes loose here. Okay. Just put this, open this up. To get the, you open this up and it has a, I'll show you. A certificate. Supposed to have a, here it is. Here. See? See, there's my, I write a letter to, I will see a newsletter. Mm -hmm. There with me at the typewriter. And then see, I've t told about different things. And, and uh, then on the back, I've got some humor and, and uh, holiday and expressing. So this went out to everybody. You can see I wore my hair the same way then. But, and this was my, um, my office gal, and that's me. So, but our best. So that makes it made it kind of personal. And so we had those available, plus the fact we, we sent them to all the distributors and they took them to like Fred Myers and, and uh, Piggly Wiggly when they had it and stuff like that. So, and uh, then this is when they brought the new label out for 1969. So, and I had uh, the recipes I had in the book I took and, and tried them out before I gave them to anybody. There, I think the book is, it's got the, the, yeah, there's another book that's a cookbook. Where is that one? Is that one book on the counter there? Where is that book that has the, all the recipes? And we all even made a Logan Rosé, which meant that it was sweeter but um, but it was real good. Yeah. R O Z A E. Thank you. See, there's that's that book there, and it shows the see how the recipes I have there, and all that. I see, it shows the pictures of the bottling line, and these are sayings. And but here's the redwood tanks. There's the bottling line. So. You got a, and this is the tasting room. See, it looked like a, I see all braided rugs. These are the tanks, and this is our front office. So it, everything is in there. And you see that, there's that bottle. Hey, Honeywood Winery. That's what it looked like to start with. Okay. Yeah. Get that. I gotta put this back in there now. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, I have to put it back. <laughs> now that I got it out. Here, thank you, Mitra. So, how did this get distributed? Did you mm -hmm. hand them out? Huh? Did you hand these out? Yeah, we hand them out, and it tells about how the winery started, short history, and we found that it was good because Fred Myers still, once in a while. I hear from you know that little things they want to do, and uh, I think that's nice. And these are all you know sayings about wines. Yeah. So, 
So did you find that you had to educate people about wine? I, not anymore, but then you did. You know, you had to, uh, they tasted it. A sweet wine is heavier body too, because it goes a lot of sugar in it. But um, the uh, wines now, they don't do as much of that as they used to, because mm -hmm. people aren't really, you know, oriented for too heavy sweet wines and they, and they they have a lot of them that's they call them aperitif yeah mm. so but it's a it's a industry it's always going to be here so and but they they've commercialized by making a gift shop with it so then people are coming in for things all the time mm -hmm. so they sell racks and all kinds of things. If you need a rack to put wine on, they have beautiful ones that you can get. In fact, I have two or three of them out there that they gave me, and they're really nice. So, but well, Cindy, do you have any other stories we could ask Mary about? Mm, I got tapped out. Yeah, <laughs> we covered a lot. Mary, is there anything else that you want to share with me? I can't think of anything. You know, my mind's so full of things, but I'm not, I'm probably leaving things out that I, I have to excuse myself for that because things are, don't always get on my memory book. Well, and we can always come back if yeah. you think of things. Mm -hmm. Just jot them down, and we can come back again if you'd okay. like us. Yeah, I'd like that, yeah. Well, yes. thank you so much, Mary. We'll go ahead and stop the official recording so no. you can relax. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield College. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. And a special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.